0: What do you think about this title? You like the title or not? Faith to drive at night. Is there anybody here that drove at night? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Driving at night. Faith to drive. Does it take faith to drive at night? Does it? I don't know. I guess it takes faith to drive anytime, right? You got to go out there and you got to put the key in and you're doing all this. I mean, you walk out and you're walking out and you get in the car. With faith that that thing's gonna start or why else would you walk out there and get in it, right? So yeah, it takes faith to do that stuff. The last couple of weeks we've been talking about a couple different things. We talked about obeying God with our actions and if we obey God with our actions our heart will follow. Follow. We talked about unclaimed inheritance. And that's literally, you know, the New Testament, it talks about, or at the front of most New Testaments, it says the will of Jesus Christ, or the New Testament of Jesus Christ. Will and Testament, it's the same thing. There's probably lots of people here that have a will made out if something happens to you. Well, if you're a born-again child of God, if you're a joint heir with Christ, if you've received Christ as your Lord and Savior, why, you have rights and privileges that are yours. They're yours. Now, the problem is there is someone that contests the will. For those of you who wasn't here a time or two. There are some that there are individuals that will contest the will, contest the things that are rightfully yours. And that would primarily be the devil and his demons. You see, they don't want you to have none of that stuff. They didn't want you to get saved in the first place. They don't want none of your friends to get saved now. They don't want you to have joy. They don't want you to have peace. The devil sure doesn't want you to have health. And he sure doesn't want you blessed financially. So, so the devil, he contests the will of Jesus Christ. He contests the New Testament that talks about what the death, burial, and resurrection brought To now, the body of Christ. Does that make sense? So so basically, anything that you and I receive from God through Jesus Christ, you're only going to get it by one way, and that is by faith, right? Right? And, and, and this, this is really so, so simple, but sometimes as we go on in our Christian walk, we kind of stray away from that, you know, because things get better in our life. You know, when, whenever I got saved and most of you got saved, you knew that you needed a change, right? And you didn't know what it was until they started telling you about Jesus. And all of a sudden, inside, you knew that you needed Jesus, Right? But then, see, after a few years, after after we get things kind of straightened out, and the Lord gets us going in the right way, why, why well, I don't, I don't know. I'm doing pretty good on my own. I really don't know if I need this faith stuff. I really don't know. I mean, I, I'm doing okay. I really don't know the promises of God, but I, I'm doing okay. Isn't that right? Come on now. Hey, if we can't be honest in church, we're in trouble. But anyway, that's that's what happens. But. You know, if you're a born again child of God, you became a child of God by faith. That's how you did it. And if you receive anything else from God, you will have to do it by faith. The scripture says that we're saved by grace, or yeah, by grace through faith. God's grace and our faith. The Bible says that God has given us a measure of faith. Each and every one of us here today and even your friends, they have a measure. They have a measure of faith. And, and you know and when we talk to our friends and share with our friends and, and they see you living a good lifestyle and, and you share what God has done, their faith grows. And when their faith grows that Build faith inside of them and then only then will they have faith to grab a hold of the promise of eternal life. Only then. Now the same thing is true with any other blessings of God. And whether we're talking about, you know, asking God to bless our marriage or asking him to help us forgive someone, or or finances, or healing, whatever the case may be, if you move in the things of God, and if you receive things from God, it will be by faith. You know, it took a certain amount of faith for you to come here today. I mean, I hope you didn't come here expecting not to receive anything from the Lord, did you? No, more than likely, you know, more than likely you came hoping to receive something from the Lord. And that's faith. Right? More than likely, many of you know that God said that we are one of the the big ten, right? To keep the Sabbath holy. Right? So many of you are just by faith. You're coming because God said, keep the Sabbath holy. So you're coming to keep it holy. You see, this is the Lord's day. It's not your day. No, you get six, God gets one, and this is his day, okay? (laughs) I feel like I need to repeat that. I like the way that sounded. (laughs) You know, God always gives us more than he asks for us to give him, always. We get 90%, he gets 10, we get six days, he gets one, always, always. Hmm. You know, with a spike in technology the last twenty or, or thirty years, it seems like we can only we can almost become self dependent. You know, used to I, I, you know you know year, years ago. Now it wasn't necessarily like this in my life, but years ago when people didn't have much, like you can just see people in the old old films and different things, and even old magazines and different situations, you can, you can see how they had to depend on God. You know, when, when my dad, when he grew up, there's they like uh, three boys slept in one bed. You know what would happen if that happened today? Call DCFS, right? How dare they? How dare they raise Raise kids in that small place with no air conditioning. But see, there before all the technology, how many of you remember about my age when when you remember you just got an air conditioner at your house? I remember that day at my house. (laughs) It was a big window unit and it was divine. I'll tell you that. Man, we didn't need no central air. I remember when we got the first swimming pool at, my, at our house, what it was, it was one of them big, hard, plastic uh, cattle troughs. It was blue. Thank goodness it was blue. It wasn't black. But it was blue, and it was about that tall, I don't know if it was eight foot around or not. And man, I'll tell you what, we filled that thing up. We invited kids over. We thought, oh my goodness, we thought that was eight foot deep with a diving board and everything. We did, didn't we? I mean, we thought, man, we thought, man, we thought we had hit the big time <laughs> over a cattle trough. You know, it's not that way anymore, is it? You know, there is a time when, when families would love to have, a, you know, a bedroom for the boys and a bedroom for all the girls, and that was good enough. Not no more. Not no more. We feel like, you know, every, every person's got to have their own own bedroom. I already told you about the window unit at my house, and it was great. Now everybody wants central air. They don't want a window unit no more. So the modern technology has kind of, I really believe, has kind of pulled us away in our thinking that we think that we don't need God Quite as much as we used to. And of course we do. We need him just as much. We just have a different perception. You know you can even look at this. Uh, you know even in the farming. In the farming community. My goodness. The, the yields on corn and, and beans anymore. Is so much greater. Than it was 20 years ago. It's crazy. It's crazy how technology has taken all of those things to the next level. But what it does, it makes us feel like, you know, we're we're independent. We feel like we can do this on our own, but the truth is we can't do nothing on our own that brings glory to God. We can do things on our own, but it won't bring glory to God. I can make all the money in the world and do all of these things. But if I don't do it by faith through the power of God, it doesn't bring him any glory. So here's the danger when it comes to the body of Christ is that we have all of these blessings that was bought and paid for by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. They was bought and paid for here. These are yours. I bought them paid for, they're yours, but many times we don't know anything about them. And if we don't know anything about them, we don't know, we won't have faith for it. Just like Jesus Christ died on the cross long before you got saved. But you didn't get saved until one day you finally had faith inside of you that you grabbed a hold of that promise and you implemented that by faith in your life. Right? Well, it's the same way in every other area of our life. The scripture actually says that from start to finish, it's by faith. We start by faith and we are to finish by faith. By faith. You know what faith is? Knowing God's will and doing God's will. Notice I didn't say understand. Understand. I wish I understood, don't you? Well, there's lots of things we don't understand, but we love them anyway. Lots of people don't know how air conditioning works, but boy, we love it, don't we? A lot of us don't know how, how music comes out of these little black boxes up here, but we sure do love it, right? There's lots of things we don't understand, but we love the benefit of it. The scripture, Hebrews eleven six 6 actually says that without faith, it's impossible to please him. And the reason that is, is because God knows the only way you're going to receive anything from him is by faith. You know, really the, my concern for the, for the church as a whole. <clears throat> and I really think that this thought just come to mind. I really think when the scripture, when the, when in Revelations. And, and this will mess up some of you guys' theology, but that's okay too. When, when it says that Jesus will wipe every tear, and it says that, that's talking about in heaven. And at first, that kind of messed me up because, hey, I didn't think, man, I thought, I thought all the sorrow was going to be, did, didn't you? Didn't you just think that too? I didn't think there was going to be tears in heaven, did you? I didn't. But the scripture says that Jesus is going to wipe our tears, but you know what I think the tears are? I think the tears are going are going to be tears that that we have because we're going to see God gave us all of this, but all we walked in was this. You know, I I don't think there's going to be pain and sorrow in heaven. But there might be some regrets in heaven that cause some tears, right? Right. So here's the thing. We cannot have faith for the promises of God if we don't know about them any more than we can come back from somewhere that we've never been, right? Now, wouldn't it be stupid if I stood up here and said, I'm going to come back from Mount Vernon. I'm not even in Mount Vernon. Now, wouldn't that be stupid? Well, that'd be just about as stupid as me trying to tell you about a promise that I don't even know about. But see, the promises are written in the New Testament. Promises for you and for me. You see, when we become children of God, when we ask Christ to come into our heart and forgive us of our sins, and we, and we believe that, we put faith in that, and we receive that promise, when we receive that, see, from that time on, we have the opportunity to be separated from the world. And I said opportunity. We have an opportunity to, to move and work and, and to live by a different way, a different set of rules. From that moment on, God tells us he wants us to walk by faith from that moment on. But we don't have to. We can still, we can be saved and still be tied in to the world system if we don't know the promises and if we don't believe the promises. You see, I know, I know... Uh, I I know different believers that are born-again children of God, and they will lie to you all day long. Anybody know anybody like that? So just because we're a child of God does not mean that we will automatically walk in the blessings of God. And that's why the Scripture says that we start by faith and we end by faith. Is that clock right? Mike, did you mess up the clock? He did. (laughs) Faith faith is not a merious, mystical power. It's not. Faith is something that we we read, and how many of you know the the Bible says that the Word of God is active? The, The Bible says that the Word of God is alive. And when you put that Word of God inside of you, that life is going inside of you and it builds faith inside of you. One of the greatest mistakes the church has made is try to stir up faith. We don't stir up faith, the Bible tells us to stir up the gifts inside of us. But faith will only come from one place, and that's from the Word of God because it's alive. That other translation says it's alive and active. Another translation goes on to say it's always doing. Stand up here just a minute, Mark. Come here, let me use you just for a minute, brother. So, so, so Mark, I, I, I know Mark. I've talked to Mark before. I know, you know, he spends time in the Word. So every time he's, he's, uh, he's in the Word of God, he's reading the Word of God, God's in there doing this this right here, moving stuff around, moving stuff around, putting ideas up here, always doing, always Always changing. Always trying to get what he needs, not only for him, but also for his family. Trying to get it inside of him because he's head of the household. Right? Well, see, God wants to do the same thing for you. But it will only come if you'll put that word inside of him. If you'll read two chapters a day. It will change your life. If you will read the book of Proverbs, if you'll read that through three times, and it won't take you no time to do it. A couple months and you'll have it through easy. It will change your decisions and you'll know the will of God and you'll start walking in the will of God. Have a seat, Mark. You know, me and Mark, we're about the same size. That's the reason I had him come up. No. No, uh, I hired a guy at the parts store one time and it didn't work out really well. And Roger Scott, a long-time employee, says, I know why you hired him. You hired him because he was shorter than you. <laughs> no, that wasn't reasonable. reason. <laughs> Walking by faith. Many times we have this misconception of, of what faith is. I want to read, a, read just a couple of simple stories. I'm going to start out with, uh, with an attendee here that's attended Orchville Church for for quite a, quite some time, that's Gary Rayburn. Gary began his life as a truck driver, a young man and a truck driver. And I'm I'm not sure how old he was when he got saved, but he was later on in life. I don't know. I'm going to guess mid thirties, maybe. He might have even been forty. I don't, I'm not sure how old he, how old he was, but he got saved. And he, he prayed and he sought God and, and he wanted something to do. He wanted, he, God was moving inside of him. God was moving inside of him and stirring him to do something. Does God ever stir you to do something? If you listen, he is. So, so God had led him to start making cassettes. You kids don't know what cassettes are. They're little things that you put that had music on them. All right? They are. Ask your mom and dad. But he started making cassettes at his house. He started passing them out. And then a few years later, the Lord was, continued to stir in his heart and he didn't know what he was supposed to be doing exactly, but he was doing the cassettes. So, see, he stepped out in faith and he was making cassettes and, he, and sending them out. So, that was a step of faith. He started. And then later on, the, the, the Lord kind of dropped inside of him a, a chaplain. And not just any chaplain, but, a, but an oil-filled chaplain. And I, re, I remember Gary talking to me about it. He said, you ever heard of an oil-filled chaplain? No. And he asked around, and nobody had ever heard of an oil-filled chaplain. He went on the Internet and, and looked for oil-filled chaplain. He couldn't find oil-filled chaplain anywhere. But guess what Gary Rayburn is today? He's an oil-filled chaplain. Yeah. And it all started just by a small, simple step of faith. You see, if you don't take the first step, you will never take the second step. If you don't trust God in something little, he will never allow you to trust him in more. Because if we're faithful in little, he will allow us to be faithful in a lot. If you're faithful with a dollar and 25 cent tithe, he will be faithful to give you more. Right. That's right. And, and today, I'll continue the story. And today, Gary Rayburn has a TV show and a radio show. And this weekend, he has gone somewhere far, far away and, uh, uh, for an award for his TV show. Now, isn't that amazing? Now, isn't that amazing? An alcoholic, drug addict, truck driver from Wayne City that dared to follow God. I don't know. Does anybody here have faith to drive at night? Huh? Huh? Rick Hoyt, I, I love this story, and this is, a, this is an old story, but it's, I love this story. If I if we showed, to, we'll we'll show it again one of these days. But Rick Hoyt is uh, is a, is a uh, he is diagnosed with cerebral palsy, palsy, and his dad is Dick Hoyt. Okay, and the doctors told him to told him to put him in an institution. The doctors told the mom and dad, just put him in an institution. He'll always be a vegetable. He'll never know what you're saying. He'll never never do anything in life. You might as well just put him in an institution. But Rick's parents, they took comfort because when they would move about the room, Rick's eyes would follow them. And they just felt like that, 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 that there was more there than what the doctors was telling them. And at the age of 11, they got him a computer that that he could communicate with by by putting a a stick in his mouth and he would touch the computer and he could communicate. And it became clear then that Rick was intelligent. He wasn't just a vegetable. All right? Well, Rick and his dad, uh, Dick Hoyt, they signed up for their first race. It was a benefit race for a lacrosse player that had been paralyzed. Now, how ironic is that? Here here he was in a wheelchair, and they signed up for this, this race to help a lacrosse player that had become paralyzed. And what he wanted to do, he wanted to show the lacrosse player that went to his same school, he wanted to show him that there is life after disability. Amen. I don't know why that thought just come to me. You know there's life after sin. Aren't you glad there's life after sin? I used to think if I gave my life to Christ, I'd lose it all. I didn't realize it. I gave my life to Christ and I gained it all. So after this race, Rick told his dad... Through the computer communications, he told his dad, he said, dad, when we was running, and what he did, he pushed him in a wheelchair and ran the race. He said, dad, when we was racing, I felt like I wasn't even paralyzed. Well, that sparked something in Dick. That sparked something in the dad. Now, you would think that one race, that'd be enough, and everybody would be happy, but that wasn't enough. And Dick, being 36 years old, and he wasn't even a runner, he started training every day. Every day he started training, and he'd throw a bag of cement in the wheelchair, and while, while Rick was at school, he would run and train and train every day. He was was able to obtain a personal record in a 5K of 17 minutes. In March of 2016, the Hoyts had completed, you're not going to believe this, the Hoyt team had completed 1,130 endurance races, including 72 marathons, seven Ironman triathlons. Has anybody ever watched one of them on TV? Ironman triathlons. Oh my goodness. Can you imagine doing it? In the swimming race, they had a boat that Rick would sit in and Dick would swim pulling the boat. In the bicycle race, they had a, they had a specially made bicycle and I think the triathlon, uh, I think it was 26 or 27 miles on the bicycle. They had a special that had a, a carrier up front where Rick would sit and Dick would pedal that bicycle. Oh my goodness. They ran 32 Boston Marathons. They was about to complete their 33rd when the bomb went off in what, 2013 or something like that. They didn't get to where they was overnight. they done it by the first race. they done it by, by whenever Dick, the dad, when he got on that bicycle and started practicing. When he started moving in the direction that he felt God was wanting. Can you imagine... You know how much you love your children. I know how much I love my children. And you can only imagine how much Dick loved his son Rick because of the things that he went through in life to make him feel like he wasn't disabled anymore. Well, let me ask you this. Can you imagine how much God loved this young man Rick? And how, and how proud God was of, of Dick taking him and, and, and giving him a life that he could never have any other way. Can you imagine that? One step. One step at a time. Do you have the faith to drive at night? You ever thought about it? You ever thought about driving at night, the faith to drive at night? You know the, you know the, the older headlights, they would only show 100 foot down the road and yet you was driving 70 miles an hour, and all you could see was 100 foot in front of you. You ever think about that? 100 foot. Do you ever get in your car, turn on the headlights, and, and was you ever able to see all the way to work? Huh? Have you ever left Wayne City going to, going to St. Louis or somewhere and turn on the headlights and say, I'm going to St. Louis because I can see the path all the way. No! You turn on the headlights and you're driving a hundred foot at a time all on faith. Well, you know what I think? No, you didn't, nobody answered that. I'll ask it again. Rick, help me out here, Rick. You're on staff, Rick. Help me out here. You want to know what I think? If we can trust and have faith in a $4.99 headlight, surely we can have faith in the God that created heaven and earth. Can we not? Some of us know how cheap some of them parts are. Not at Napa, at AutoZone. I mean, you know, they're cheap. No, so do you have faith to drive at night? Absolutely. You know why? Because you have went out there, and you know. You turn that headlight on, and it's going to, and you know. Well, see, that's what happens, same way with the Word of God. You, You open this book up, and you put that in, and the next thing you know, you know. The next thing that happens is, you know. How do you know? Because you put it in there. Because you've tried it. You've experimented with it, and you know that it works. That's the reason we pray for the sick around here. Because the Word says, and we have done it over the years, and I know that God heals. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Yes. It's true whether you believe it or not. Praise him if you'll go ahead and come, please. Oh, my. So much scripture, so little time. Romans 1:17 it says this good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. I'm going to repeat that. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight and it says this is accomplished from start to finish by faith. Start to finish You see, if we're not careful, we we get the idea that, hey, well, we got we got saved, and you know, what more does God want from me? Well, God wants a lot more from you. I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that Jesus Christ He died on the cross for our sins for eternity so that heaven could be our home right but he also died so that the blessings of Abraham could be enjoyed here and now right now thank you Lord stand with us please if you have a need today please come We got, a, we got a baptism after a while. It's so exciting. What a great day. What a great day at Ortonville Church to see young people give their lives to the Lord and follow it up in baptism. You know, I started this service by, by saying that and not just today, but any day, Anytime you hear the word or you're reading the word yourself and it pricks your heart or it knocks on your heart, let me tell you what that means. That just means that God wants you to bring it to Him, ask for forgiveness, and then start following Him the way that you know you should. And then what happens is, God forgives you, and then you open up a whole new avenue for blessings to be coming to your life. Amen. Please come if you have a need. Thank you, Lord. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.